Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Asen Wasafen. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadet. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. Well, good morning. We are almost ready to start the show. We're just going to run the introduction for self self care, and here we go. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. 
Well, welcome everybody. I am so excited to be here this morning. It's January 11th, 2022. That seems magical. 1-11-22. Hmm. Right? So today, um, I have two special guests here, uh, Dustin Dean and Tatenda, and I hope I'm not uh, mispronouncing Tatenda's last name, but Rudziba. And um, got it? Okay, cool. And we're going to bring you on now. Dustin, good morning. Good morning, Jody. Good morning. And Tatenda, nice to meet you. Um, so we're talking about healing your inner child today. And, um, you know, I, first of all, it, you know, for the rest of the people, I Tatenda and I've not met, um, but Dustin and I've met for, we've known each other for a while and, um, any friend of Dustin's is a friend of mine. So, and I've heard such amazing things about you Tatenda. So I'm so excited to have you here to share both of you to share your knowledge um about healing your inner child and i came up with um this title today for today's show because um there's a lot of healing going on in the world right now and people um people need good leadership to follow right and um so I thought of you, both of you. So, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's what we shoot for at Behavior Based. Yeah. So tell me why um, you both decided to co-create um, Behavior Based. What was your impetus for this? Don't be so hard on yourself. Can we have that sign? <laughs> 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 That's that. I have to look at that every day because we all head that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, for the people who are listening, because we're on we're on Blog Talk Radio, we're um, uh, we are on uh, Podbean, uh, iHeart Radio, Spotify, you know, blah blah, Alexa, Amazon. So and um, so you guys can't see that, but for those uh, listening, you can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Um, but, uh, Dustin is in his office and he has, um, like one of those pictographs kind of thing, like they're, it's artwork, you know, and it says, don't be so hard on yourself. And I think it's important, uh, to give yourself grace. So, yeah. And I think that's a like great way to start with why Tatunda and I, um, kind of started behavior base. Um, we both work in mental health. Um, Tatanda as a, a practicing nurse practitioner, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, and me as a behavioral emergency response team nurse. Um, so we just, I think not only being too hard on ourselves, but I think society in general, we're too hard on each other. And I think all of us struggle at times. And um but we really don't have the training or the skills to know how to support each other when we're struggling. And, you know, so many times you'll see people in escalating or starting to get anxious, you know, whether it be at work, whether it be, you know, in the mall, whether it be in the home with your spouse and uh, the skills to kind of support people 
while they're starting to escalate or have an emotional crisis. And, and, and as, as uh, you know, the, the topic of this show, all these things are, are formed, you know, as children, you know, those pains we have as children are those needs that manifest more aggressively and a little bit louder as adults and they become scarier if you will. But, um, you know, behavior based is kind of based on, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and like um, skills to teach individuals to meet people's needs who are struggling in a supportive way instead of a, a, a fearful and a retaliatory way. You know, we all kind of act in that fight or flight sometimes if, if someone's starting to escalate in, instead of the approach that the T and I have come up with. Um, that's that's what Tatunda goes by most of the time. The, the approach we've come up with is help me help you. Um, all our things lead to help me help you. You know, if we go into a situation Re reacting to someone's what they're presenting on the outside that kind of upset inner child then we're then our potential upset inner child reacts instead of providing the support and just listening to what do they actually need well so that's first of all it's so spot on right and so i typed that into the thread help me help you right because um we're not taught these skill sets in school it's interesting. There's two things in school we never we never talk about. <laughs> um, uh, God, well, several things actually. God, which I love to talk about, but that's not today's show. Uh, so we'll skip that one right there. Um, uh, how to manage your finances, right? And how to manage your stress. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like those are the three things you absolutely all day long need. <laughs> How many marriages fell? How many crises, life crises happened from managing stress and money? I mean, and we don't learn them. No, it's not taught. And um, look, I'm all about history and math. And, you know, I was in finance for 30 years. So, like, I get it. Um, but um, there's math and then there's managing your finances. <laughs> Yeah, there's that's two true. plus two equals four, right? And then there's managing your finances. That's so, so true. Um, help me help you. That's just so profound. And people just don't have the tools. And, you know, and I've been studying human behavior all my life. Um, I mean, so I was um, seeing a psychologist as an 11 year old and really never stopped <laughs> it's a good thing right and um we're not taught to give grace we're taught to have people live by perfection and nobody can live into that and i'm just as guilty about it as i think as everybody else like i i can't can't say that i'm any better right fall into that trap to tend to what has been your experience, what um, how, what uh, showed up for you in your life that made you want to be a support to people in this way, um, if I may ask? Uh, thank you, Jody. Um, you know, I think just throughout the years, I've kind of dealt with personal issues that are not 
much different from the personal issues that a lot of us, you know, have, have dealt with loss in the family, um, you know, personal grieving uh, issues, um, conflict, leading up to conflict resolution, just a lot of those issues. And um, even when I started working on my first job out of college, I was you know, it's kind of. Um, are, can you get closer to the microphone, or I'm having a struggle hearing. Is this is this better? Not so much. Try one more time. How about now? Is this better? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. So I was saying, um, in my first job as a staff nurse, um, I don't know. People have always said like, oh. You you have a very calm way of handling things, even when you're under a lot of pressure. I don't understand how. And so I decided, well, if this is something that a lot of people recognize in the way that they do, what can I do with it? What can I do with just being able to handle uh, personal stresses, personal um, family issues that come up, and how can I impart that to people that I work with? And so contrary to popular belief, you don't have to work in mental health to work with mental health. Everywhere you go, essentially, you're going to run into mental health. Thank you. So, yeah. I mean, and awesome. So thank was, you. I mean, because I work with people, I, I my big focus is emotional well-being, so I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So go so ahead. That's kind, of how I, that's kind of how I ended up deciding to to take the track that I did and, and, and go into mental health. And speaking more recently, um, everybody has been able to sort of get by, right? Because I kind of like to use the analogy of um, a natural disaster, like a hurricane or, or a tornado, something that comes through, causes a lot of stress, and then goes away, it stops. People experience it, people have a chance to heal afterwards, people have a chance to recover. If you look at the last two years, um, it, it kind of shocks me to say two years because that's how long we've been dealing with um, the COVID pandemic to name one thing, but like just a lot of stresses that everybody has felt across the board. Um, we quickly recognize that people really haven't had a chance to sort of like be able to say, oh, okay, it's done. We can move on. We can, you know, we can go back to being where we were prior to this. And so what ends up happening is a lot of stresses start showing up in everyday life in ways that they haven't before. My what was, was that last part? I lo We lost that last because I think it's important for people to hear you. Oh, I'm saying um, with, with, with the pandemic having gone on for almost two years now, um, life uh, stresses start to show up and manifest themselves in people's everyday life. Right? Yeah. So my wife works at a bank and she says more than ever within the past two years, She's noticed people, um, what the general public would term freaking out, right? Freaking out, because, right. Yes. Yep. Because something hasn't worked out. They don't feel like they have access to the things that they need. Or it's just stresses that have accumulated over time that they compound and, and express themselves in places that normally people wouldn't do a thing like that in a bank or a grocery store. But all that's are off, so to speak. Well, and, and right. let me just and say this, this word, she, she works at a bank, right? And I, I worked in banking for almost 30 years. 
you know, various parts, either in operations, frontline, whatever, and in marketing. This is the first time in the history of the world where you're allowed to walk into a bank with a mask on. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> let that sit That's in for a minute, shall we? And if there's any yep. way, can we adjust your screen so people can see your 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 handsome face? Like, so we can, there, yeah. There you go. There you go. Thank you. So, I mean, so imagine, like, that alone um, is having people be um, kind of put off. Um, and Vieta saying she worked in a bank for 10 years. Good point about masks, right? <laughs> Here's Vieta. So she says, I worked in yeah. a bank for 10 years. Good point. About yeah. Since when are you allowed to walk into a bank with a mask? <laughs> Your poor wife. I'm just saying, you know, I, I was trained. How do you, how do you address somebody as soon as they walk in the door? So they know that you saw them. Okay make eye contact so you're not so they know that if you if they are intending to rob the bank right yeah. they've already been identified by the person who greeted you which yeah. means there's a high likelihood that they'll be caught so now that fear is gone from the person who wants to rob the bank right and they all yeah. have masks <laughs> like crap sorry yeah. And and yeah. so if we could yeah. sit around and talk about it and find the humor, find the levity, right? Um, would that make it a little less stressful? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, you're right on the money. And I think that's part of the coping, you know, that's come with all of this. Because two years in, if you can't laugh about some of this stuff, you're going to be miserable, right? It's, it's just going to be something that generally doesn't have an ending, right? Um, I know my uh, really good friends, uh, they're older, and they have been looking forward to traveling in retirement. Like this was this was what they were, that was going to be their self-care. We want to travel in retirement. We want to see the world. We want to go. And that's not an option. Right. Instead, now they're um, having to stay safer because, again, being that they're older, they said to be at more risk. And so they've decided to take the cautious approach and just stay home. But what does that do to their quality of life? They're not able to keep their grandkids as much as they'd like to. They're not able to keep their kids as much as they'd like to. But um, on, the, on the bright side, they've taken up gardening because that's something we can do, you know, we three months out of the year in Minnesota, but that's something we can do nonetheless. Well, so, and let's talk about that. So, you know, people can look at, um, and, and we all have, you know, what the can'ts, what, what can't we do? But it has been a global reset. It has been an opportunity for people to stop, think, pause. And what, what do I want to do with my life? And, um, and, and is it, Am, am I living by my highest values, right? Am, am I living by my highest values and achieving the things that I want to achieve? Um, and uh, Vieta has, a, so she's also one of our talks. She says, can you raise your volume? 
which might Absolutely. be good. Yeah, awesome. And so, um, and Dustin, so, um, you know, can you share what got you into this field? I, I think I have an idea, but, you know, I'll let you tell a story. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, multiple fa multiple factors. I did have a very rough childhood um, growing up, you know, all of the above. Right. Abuse, trauma, um, poverty, uh, all those things, you know, and I think um, I ran from it for a long time. And then, you know, the universe has a way of putting us right back to try to, you know, cycle through and make a positive difference from the experiences we've had. And to just kind of reiterate what, what Tatanda was saying, that's why we, we came together with Behavior Based and started doing these workshops to help people um, not be afraid. Like we're trying to bring a positive spin to this uh you know, increased anxiety that COVID and just the world in general has, it, it seems to be escalating, but we don't have to make that a bad thing. This can be, give us an opportunity to connect with each other, to learn how to support each other better on both a micro and a macro level. I think one thing about COVID is you can't run from your spouse and your kids anymore. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, like it really, those conversations about, okay, I'm going to have to prioritize my family over my work because they're not going to allow me to go to work because my family has, you know, symptoms or something. And, and, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of hard things that come from that, but there can, it can be a game changer. And that's really why, you know, working in mental health and like, um, you know, you know, springing off, bringing hope, to people, um, you know, growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of support and hope and just to have that opportunity to bring hope to people. And now working with Tatunda and like with his skill set as a nurse practitioner and his experience and, you know, mine as a, you know, I am one of my jobs. I work in child and adolescent psychiatry, but I also am uh, what they call a behavioral emergency response team nurse. So I um support people on the medical floors that are having mental health crises on the medical floors because most uh, nurses are, are not really trained um they they they're amazing at the medical portion but when it comes to mental health crisis whether that be patient family other co-workers mm -hmm. uh, there's no one to provide that support and you know that kind of like really tatanda and i have just you know we you know, we're game changers. We want to make this world a better place. So we kind of put our minds together. And Rashida, Rashida played a big part. She was like, yo, you got to get Tatunda involved in this because, um, you know, we're a good team and and uh, he has uh, amazing ideas and where I'm kind of all over the place, you know, like, let's do it. Let's get here. Let's Tatunda kind of like grounds me. And uh, I think that what we provide for the, you know, nursing homes, uh, schools, universities, and like healthcare facilities, and, and even businesses, like the workshops that we're providing, I think are really, um, really making a difference and giving people the confidence to support each other. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to share a couple ways in which I've done it. And then I want to hear about what you have done. So I'm really big on self-care mm -hmm. so that people can, you don't have to run to the emergency room or the doctor every time there's an issue. And so the um, easy way 
you know, is the breath. The second way, you know, easy way meditation. Although the first time I meditated, I fell asleep and started snoring. So, I mean, that was like, you know, with a group of people, um, it was very comical. Um, the easy, easier way is, um, using you know essential oils you know rubbing in the palm of your hand and inhaling because a lot of people don't realize that it will get into your limbic system in 20 seconds and into your bloodstream in 30. so if you're having an anxiety attack you know rose uh um essential oil and patchouli essential oil takes the brain out of fight or flight in 20 seconds so you know you get that handled you're like score and that's the cheap way right um well one thing i think is really cool just to, sorry not to interrupt you jody but yeah, i did want to kind of reiterate i think that tatunda didn't you actually do your capstone on like self-care with essential oils and stuff for when you got a, your master's degree yeah it was a combination for, for nurses for nurses like on a staffing unit and i thought um if a lot of nurses are saying that they work in stressful work environments why not initiate like a relaxation room that is access to essential oils, music, lotions, and a recliner. Um, it's not Tatanda, give me a hug, yeah. honey. <laughs> give me a hug. Love you. So I, I created all of that. Like, you know, I, I created this whole concept um, for on-site care. Awesome. Exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I didn't like, it wasn't the original creator, but like you created the concept for your, yeah. for the people in your world. Yeah. You're awesome. Tell me more. What else does it look like? Go for well, it. Well, it's, it's, so we, they gave me a room um, and I kind of piloted it on the unit that I worked on at the time. And so we were able to put um, a nice comfy recliner in there. We're able to put um, some a music, music sound machine, music machine, but essentially everybody has a smartphone these days. So, People could just take in their smartphones and listen to music that they felt was relaxing or podcasts or something. Um, I was able to get uh, relaxa relaxing scented lotions from, I always mess up the name of this shop. I think it's Bed Bath & Body Works or okay. Beyond or, yeah. I do but, the same um, with that one. <laughs> yeah, they had, they. I got some, a couple variety of them. I uh, Essential oils, I think, um, Let's see, Mandarin. Uh, I'm trying to think. Lavender. Was Lavender. And then there was another one that was a big hit. I want to call it hibiscus, but I know it's not. Hi it's, well, hibiscus anyways. is really calming too to the brain. You know, I want to point something out that a lot of people don't know, and you guys may know, but I just kind of want to, you know, I love bed, bath, or bed, bath and body works, I think, or whatever it is. But, and honestly, it's kind of where I started with it too. Um, but sourcing your plants, sourcing your oils is critical because it may for the moment bring like some calm to the brain, but if it's got a toxin in there or a chemical, it'll actually light the brain on fire. And so, um, my whole platform has been about, you know, so Tatenda, you don't know this. So. Um, I was a bodybuilder, was misdiagnosed, mm -hmm. put on 19 medications or whatever. So I don't know how many, so it says 17. I think it was more, um, mm -hmm. 17 drugs. I gained, um, uh, 50 pounds in two weeks and the rest of the 50 pounds, uh, the other 50 was over 
you know, uh, probably a few more months. And mm-hmm. that lasted for two decades and then reversed all of it using plants and energy. And so <clears throat> what I uncovered was that when I put it, um, a synthetic into my body and it still holds true today because I did it by accident a few weeks ago, <laughs> not a medication, but a, there was yeah. a synthetic in the food. Um, my body blows up like a balloon. Be- and then what happens is chemicals, these chemicals, these synthetics are stored in our fat cells and then manifest as disease. And we have so much fat in our brain. And it makes complete sense that it would, you know, um, cause mental health issues. Right. So, so I will just say, I love the idea and I created something similar. Um, You'll see in this corner, the right hand corner, my logo, which is Susan essentials, but it says on top of it, which is kind of hard to read place of peace pop up. So it's a pop up where we bring in that lounger, right? But it's got PEMF technology in it. Um, uh, which is pulse electromagnetic frequencies, which ground you with the earth's frequency, right? Um, coupled with essential oils, but that are source coupled with sound, which are based in, um, creating harmony in the frontal lobe. So 432, 528 Hertz, um, and then sound frequency based in shamanic drumming. Just, just like, you know, for fun. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I had, I had no idea. I, Did you patent that chair? No, but sorry. <laughs> no, I, you know, and, and that's kind of some of one of the things that like when a new product comes on the market, I don't think essential oils are new, but I think the essential oil boom was kind of new within the past, like five, 10 years when it started becoming more mainstream, I suppose. And people started discovering them for the first time. Um, Obviously, everybody and their grandma is going to have a brand that comes out and they're trying to sell essential oil. So that actually makes sense that um, while the concept is good, not everything is going to be the right quality that you need to get the desired result. Yeah. And so I'm I'm really a purist uh, because I was uh, uh, sensitive to 135 different uh, foods, which, of course, include plants. I reversed all of them. Uh, using frequency. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I love that. I just, you know, I knew we hadn't met, but I, I just kind of knew you on a soul level and yeah, it was, yeah, I kind I just knew who you would be. Um, so talk about, um, cause I, I'll talk about oils all day, right? So, <laughs> so we're just going to cut it off now. So, um, talk to me about, you know, how do you walk someone through healing their inner child? Because we are wounded from childhood. And, you know, um, my husband and I are, we're having to look at the things that were unresolved as a child and we're helping each other to heal and we're newlyweds. And we've been working on this since we met and people think that marriage is like this, like all roses um spoiler <laughs> for me <laughs> for oh there's more work to do damn <laughs> so so bring it on so so um 
what one thing one thing I'd really like to touch there is that you know um, I think working together with that person who's close with you and having somebody you can trust that you can that you can process with. <laughs> I like Andrew's comment. Yeah, Andrew says <laughs> roses comes with the <laughs> Beautiful. But having someone that you can, you know, process with is is vitally important. I think that it is you do have to be very careful when you're working through childhood trauma and stuff to have like a specialized psychiatrist who specializes in trauma. Yeah, trauma informed, um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh because what I what I always like to say is in day-to-day life, um, we have to focus on our power and our potential, not our pain and our past. Okay. When I'm going to work, when I'm functioning, we have you I have to process things through my power and potential. I have to process things where I'm going, the positive things in my life, all those things. I can't be processing through my pain and my past, or that's all I see because it can be so overwhelming. I bring that file up in a supportive conversation, maybe with my significant other or with my trauma therapist. Right. But I think that's a mistake that people make is they poke that pain without the proper um, support. And then, you know, kind of like that fire in the brain you talked about with the allergic reaction, you know, we kind of have an emotional reaction that, you know, kind of violates everything and everyone around us. And when someone's in a crisis, that's kind of where we, um, at Behavior Based, teach pe- people to go back to um, supporting someone by, you know, that help me help you meet those basic needs. Do they need a cup of water? Uh, Cool, Vieta. Congrats. That's awesome. Um, Do they need a cup of water? Do they need, um, you know, maybe just to step away for a second? Um, Do they need a a snack? Like, you know, when that pain comes out, when that childhood pain comes out, or when somebody's emotionally escalated, um, addressing that pain right then is probably just going to escalate it but meeting those basic needs that can provide support for that person to get them through that moment to get to the appropriate um person who can help them out well that's yeah or you know are there certain well okay i'm asking a question that i actually feel i know the answer to i like to say is there certain things <clears throat> that you're in the heat of the moment that as a, a lay person we can um do while we're in the heat of the moment like the help me help you right like mm-hmm. i would because you can't always just like snap your fingers and get a trauma-informed specialist to help you with that trauma mm-hmm. and um um i i think that would be cool to know and it looks like naima might be ready to come on with us. Hold on a second. Let me ask her. Naima, are you ready to come on? Give me a thumbs up. She is. Okay. Let me bring in Naima. Hi. <laughs> hey, Naima. Welcome. Yes. Well, welcome to you. I know we got to go through a break soon. I was just. Oh, yeah. Just, so like, let me do that. In a, uh, a, 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 a thought that I had, but I can just say it verbally since I'm here. Okay. Yeah. 
and and one of the things the reason why marriage is such a challenge is because it actually is a reflection of what's inside of you the person that you select is mirroring all that you are and if you have childhood wounds you're going to subconsciously be attracted to someone that actually reflects the relationship you had with your parents maybe yeah, the opposite so. sex parent maybe even the same parent mm -hmm. but wherever there's unresolved conflict that's where you're going to be subconsciously attracted to and so that person is going to push buttons because those are the unhealed parts of yourself that you didn't know were there but subconsciously you were drawn to in that person you selected as your spouse well so yeah so you know that andrew and i did the d martini method this weekend yeah mm -hmm. yeah i kind of suck because um yeah <laughs> i found out you know so my mom passed in 2010 and so i kind of um and andrew and i met in 2018 and andrew what i so when my mom was you know dying i literally dropped everything i i was doing and stopped like gave away all my belongings like my my except for my clothing and moved into her home uh because i wasn't going to move my furniture or store it that was ridiculous so i gave it away to a guy downstairs who didn't have furniture and uh took care of her so and then i i found myself just kind of dropping what who i was to support her needs and you know andrew was in a a situation where I felt like I needed to drop who I was and fulfill his needs. And then I'm like, damn. Um, and I did that with my girlfriend too. Like, that. Yeah. Why am I doing that? What is that reflecting? Why do I keep putting myself in the back seat to help other people? Why well, am I yeah, that? I, a good friend of mine, she's not anymore. We were friends for 30 years and I helped raise her triplets. And then when I got became disabled, she didn't want to have anything to do with me. So, you know, so um, <laughs> it wasn't reciprocal. <laughs> That's not no. Good. So, but so when you really start looking at like, you know, what he teaches is to cancel out, like you've got the pain, 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 pain. And then what was, or what, or what, what you, you balance out the good and the bad till it becomes neutral. Um, so it was really cool. So I'm just going to run a couple commercials real quick. And then I, I want to, you know, kind of go back to what you guys were all saying. So hold on. Um, oh, here we go. Oops. Hi, I'm Jody Susan with Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yes, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy-based healing. It was amazing. At Tucson Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses. And we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Susan Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health, how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. Okay, so Tatenda, this one's for you, okay? Listen up. Yes. Yep. 
For the place of peace pop pop up from Susan Essentials, you are able to increase productivity, mental acuity, leaving you with higher energy and peace in just 20 minutes. We pop up at our office or yours. Okay, in the last one. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Cell Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. We are back. You know, uh, Jody, there's something that came to mind when you all were talking earlier about the stress in the workplace and uh, and 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 uh, Tatenda was talking about being allowed to to set up a room, and of course you've got the the the, the place of peace. Now I'm thinking, as we know, a lot of people are choosing not to go back to work mm-hmm. because once they had the opportunity to work from home, they realized they didn't like being in that stressful environment. They didn't like the feeling of somebody looking over your shoulder all the time, always being reprimanded. They just didn't like working in that environment. And a lot of people who quit jobs, if they, when they were told, well, okay, now it's time to come back to the office. And they were like, nah, I don't want to do that again. So, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And you've got it set up already with the place of peace. I'm thinking that companies, every company really needs to offer that. They need to offer a, a place where you can de-stress. They need to think in terms of the emotional well-being of the employees because the, the way we've been running businesses is the idea of the boss that, that, that can fire you. And so everybody's always on edge, worrying about if they make a little mistake, they'll lose their job and their livelihood. That mindset has to end. We have to end the way we even think about business. And it has to be the idea of we want this workplace to be welcoming, to be enjoyable, to be relaxing. And if you have a moment of stress, we're going to give you a time to take a break and relax and reset and enjoy some music. And that's been my concept since 2015. That's been my concept that, that we need to care about our employees. That's what's been missing in all of these industries. And so that's how come once people got away from it, they realized they didn't want to go back. Yeah. Well, and let me it's just point out one other thing. So, Naima, I taught the team about how to protect their energy, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, Dustin I put, um, and Tatenda, I finally put together, like, a course on mm-hmm. how to protect your energy, especially for people in um, – I, I teach mostly psychologists and, you know, therapists and so forth, and how to clear their energy. Because the reason people don't want to go back to work and they don't even they don't even like really get it they're mm-hmm. feeling the energy 
from all these people. The happiness is fine. It's when somebody <laughs> else comes in and they have anxiety or anger or depression, they're feeling that energy and energy just travels, right? It does. Doesn't never go away. You can only shift it. So I that's teach true. people now how to shift it. And that's why people I, don't want to go back to work. Yeah. I, I think a lot of uh, posts that I've seen uh, across social media are exactly in line with what you guys are saying. People are starting to not really care so much about the pizza parties and the uh, box of candies that are usually dropped off in staff rooms and break rooms. And they're saying, you know, we want you guys to really take care of us and make sure that mentally we're doing okay if we're going to be able to keep up the level of productivity that you guys want us to keep up. And I, I work in healthcare, so that's that's in healthcare. But I think it's across the board. People want more meaningful interventions for them by management or, you know, higher ups to be able to say, how are you supporting us mentally? What are you doing? And I think um, if they invested a little bit more time into establishing, uh, like what Jody said, essential oils that can be easily utilized on shift without taking away from time, like that will do wonders. I mean, everybody likes pizza, but at some point it's just like, let's move on from the frivolous stuff and, and give us things that actually help. And just to go back a little bit um, to the question before this one, when we talked about addressing childhood traumas, from a more like clinical point of view, right? I think the first thing when somebody walks into my office and brings up the fact that they have childhood trauma or childhood traumatic events that they need addressed, um, usually, the first thing I do is saying, um, let's hear it. Like I give them the opportunity to explicitly explain, you know, what happened. And that's my way of saying, I validate the experiences that you had. And that's my way of saying, I want you to get comfortable talking about them and not put them on this pedestal where you don't address them and you just kind of walk around them like feel free addressing them and let's hear them well are they on okay. a pedestal or even they under the rug right t Un under the rug yeah yeah and then the other the, the the next thing um is um the plan like why exactly do you want this addressed so that goes into what do you feel like these childhood events affect today in your life so people might not notice it but Sometimes, like the inability to trust a spouse, can come from the inability, can come, can stem from an inability to trust your parents, or maybe you had a dad who walked out on the whole family when finances were tough. So now you're, um, you know, not as financially trusting with the person that you're with, or or a whole issue of numbers. You're right, the like, list just keeps going on, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to get people to know, like. Is it's not your husband, or it's not yeah. your wife? Yeah. By well, the way, look at, look at, look at you and where you grew up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So then, when when we when we get pat when we get to acknowledging the fact that okay, these things actually do play a part in how I function from day to day. Um, the first thing, the first step to addressing anything is mindfulness. How can you recognize yourself when you start to act on this impulse that you know is not being driven by anything that's in your current relationship or current situation? That that requires a certain level of self-honesty, calling yourself out. Sometimes I act this way because of things that have happened in my past. It's not who I'm trying to stay as. It's not who I'm trying to become. It's something that I'm working on. 
And then we go into like the skills through CBT, DBT to kind of work on uh, cognitively changing um, um, the behaviors that are problematic. So, Have you guys ever bit. used this to Tunda? Because um, it works wonders, it has worked wonders for me. I got it when I was in therapy um, and I bought one for my home. And now I use it as part of the place of peace. It's the BOD and it's a uh, sound frequency, right? And if you don't, if you're sound sensitive, you just put it at your neck or on your thigh because it's a vibration and it does a reset on the neural network of the brain in 20 seconds, or excuse me, 20 minutes. 20 seconds would be awesome. <laughs> <That's the worst. laughs> yeah, but it does a reset on the neural network of that particular trauma and you activate it by writing about it, or if it's pain, you can just re, uh, initiate that pain if it's walking or whatever, or what have you. And mm -hmm. I mean, you can also do it with humming, right? Um, hum it through. But have you ever looked at something no, like that? I, no, I, I haven't used. I haven't used the frequency. Uh, you said it's called a bard. A bard. Be. I'll. I'll send you the information on it. It's okay. flipping okay. amazing and. It worked so well for me in therapy for four years that as mm -hmm. soon as I was, um, well, yeah, as soon as I got out of, off of disability, which was uh, three and a half years later, I near four, I bought one for my home. And then a uh, year uh, six or seven, I, I called the founder uh, or the creator, Dr. Frank Lawless, um, mm -hmm. and basically took a year, but begged him to let me to be his distributor. <laughs> well, because it yeah. made a huge impact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is, this is another thing too. Like, um, my, my training as a nurse practitioner is primarily, which is not bad. It's just the way it is, but it's primarily medication focused, right? Uh -huh. So if somebody walks into an office and they say, I've been having a hard time doing this. My training automatically says assess them and see what's going on and then see what you can come up with the diagnosis and then what's the treatment for that diagnosis. Obviously, it says a combination of psychotherapy and medications is going to give you the best result. But I actually have to teach myself the what what in school, Dustin, you might know this. They call them uh, they call them CAM. Complementary. Yes, yes. That's what I, yeah. That's alternative therapy. Yep, yeah, that's what yeah. I am. So I have, to, I have to learn to be like, okay, wait a minute, you know, how about CBD instead of Prozac? Or have you tried, you know, especially if you get a patient who comes in and they go, I haven't had any good experiences on medication. Then it's really like, okay, we got to think outside the box. What exists out there that can help them? And sometimes it's not really far-fetched. It's just like, well, how active are you? How much do you exercise? How much do you do self-care? You know, and how, how do you do How you many walk? Twinkies are you eating? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have a question that I gotta ask uh both Dustin and uh Tatenda. Yes, yeah, we talk about this all the time. The the financial incentive to prescribe medications mm -hmm. and how people who are trained in the professional fields, as you just said, you know, that's that's kind of where your training is. Okay, mm -hmm. what what medication can we use? Whereas there are so many other means of getting to the root of the problem, like Jody's talking about the BOD, which you know resets your neural network. Mm -hmm. And knowing that every event in your life affects that neural network. So 
that's really what needs to be healed. But how open is the the educational industry, the medical industry, to looking at at treatments that may actually end the problem? Because once you fix the problem, you don't need to keep going back. But medicine is a business which relies on repeat business. So, so how open are they to actually sending people where they can be healed and not ever coming back? So the one thing I'll, I'll address this because right now I'm in all all of those areas you just said. I work in healthcare. I'm a professor at uh, Winona State and St. Catharines University. And I'm a student under Tatunda, okay? Um, he is my preceptor for the NP program uh, I'm in. And from being Tatunda's student, you know, uh, the system is the system and we, we all get that. But working under Tatunda, I see that he really, you know, he said he assesses, you know, we are, we are made to assess and diagnose but he always touches that spot where what direction do I need to go? Is there, can this just be followed through with psychotherapy, with mindfulness, with skills um, and support? And maybe sometimes people just need that, that direction. They just need someone to listen to them. Um, on top of that, you know, there is the genetic testing now, and that was something that I just think is amazing that I see Tatunda implement in a high percentage of the patients and really knowing what's going on internally in them before I just throw something at them. So I think there has to be, and, and being in education, I see that there is a rise in the, um, alternative the cams you know in the in the alternative um you know we have the tms we have just a lot of different approaches uh, the bod I, I you know uh that's something i had read about in in some of the studies that um for some of the stuff that i i did in school so i think we're growing i think we we, we kind of all understand that there are the powers that be, and there are like there is a system, and so, uh, some of that system. I mean, you the results do work within the context, and also when you're when you're caring for patients, you kind of um, you have to do the right thing, but you also have to support where they're coming from too, and if they've been educated within the system, and they um, that's what what. Um, what works and that's what they're most open to and you do have I'm, i i'm kind of pragmatic um i think the outcome is what i'm searching for so and and we have seen you know good outcomes from traditional medication it works sometimes it works lots of times um but if it's a patient who's open to trying all sorts of things like t said you know the 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 all you know, the, the CBD, stuff like that. If it's somebody who's open to that, we want to support people. And I think that's one thing that we miss. And that's what behavior-based kind of is really about is teaching us to support people within the system, within their belief system. And a large majority are within the, the belief system of the, you know, the, the more clinical approach and stuff. And, and, and there is, we are conditioned that way. I totally agree with you on that. But also if that is going to kind of 
ease somebody's mind and with the majority of the population it does that's the approach we usually take yeah i mean it's baby steps but i mean i just brought this up everything that i talk about is rooted in science so there's a pubmed Mm -hmm. study Mm-hmm. And I trained yeah. um, under Dr. Josh Axe, uh, Life, Science, uh, Life University in Georgia. And mm-hmm. so it was an online. So, but, but the point is that it's, they, they go through every terpene profile and knows, they know how that terpene interacts with the brain or the body or the yeah. central nervous system. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it it I know that everyone is kind of in this push me pull you if you will you want to mm-hmm. clearly want to do the right thing for the patient and you have mm-hmm. to find a happy medium <clears throat> to yeah. because not only if you know some patients like you said to Tenda they're going to come in and they're going to say well you know us Western meds haven't worked for me that's easy. Then you can look at these other things, but then there's also the mindset of the people who don't understand that Western medicine is a synthetic and the body doesn't recognize it and stores it in your fat cells. So, um, so if they don't, but it still works, it's in an emergency. You, you, sometimes you need these medications. Like if there's an emergency, you want something that's going to give it in a second. Right. Yeah. Yep. I, I also find that, um, and I, I speak from my own personal experience, but I think right now we're dealing in in terms of like healthcare providers, we're dealing with the most informed patient population that we can ever, that has probably been dealt with in all of time. People don't just walk into an office completely clueless and put their lives in the hands of the provider and say, hey, fix me. Like that's a bygone era. People come in and people will say, Yes, I've heard of Prozac. I've read up on it. I Googled it, and this is what I found. So even if it's the, the, the thing is with part of the education part of it is saying to people, yes, go out and Google what you need to Google, but make sure that you're looking at reputable sources that are steeped in science talking about these things. But like that's that's one that's one thing that I, I came out of uh, of school and I had to recalibrate. Like, no, this is not somebody who's dropping off their car. And then you like change the timing belts and you change something else. And then you say, all the oil, here (laughs) you go, your car's fixed. This is somebody who you have a back and forth communication. So it's not, and I know back in the day, you'd go to a doctor's office. They say, go home, take penicillin for seven days. You don't really argue that fact. You just go, doctor knows best. Tell me what to do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to do it. And hopefully I feel great in seven days. But now it's this conversation. I have, I'm in constant communication with my patients. Hey, I don't feel like this is, I feel like there's room for improvement. I feel like there must be something else that can cover this. I feel like the side effects do not um, await the benefit here. I feel like, you know, so it's it's like you're dealing with people and not only just that, but you're dealing with very informed people who can look up stuff and say, this is what I found. It says that there's a better way to do this. Can we do Well, I mean, testing? think about clove essential oil, right? The terpene mm-hmm. profile on clove essential oil is actually even stronger than that on oregano essential oil. And both of those things will kill off, you know, um, different bacteria, um, other, I don't usually use the word V in my show, mm-hmm. so it doesn't get killed. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so, and let me just add Raji 
uh, Rajai Kaldani. Rajai Kaldani. Hello. Yeah. Morning, morning, morning. Uh, uh, we actually we actually have to, to go do our thing. So, I know. Um, so I wanted you all to meet. That's why I uh, got him on here first. So first of all, I know that you guys only have one hour in the morning. I think that the two of you are so fantastic. I'd like to have you in for another hour sometime down the road where we can continue this conversation if you're willing. So nothing like putting you on the spot on the air, but I'm doing it anyway. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on. Like it was, it was great to meet all you guys. Like Jody, great to see you. And um, we appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And and meet Rajai Kaldani. So uh, hello, hello, hello. Hey Rajai. Mr. Love. Jody, please. Can you uh, absolutely please definitely share with us um, some of the products that you provide and the benefits? Because I think a lot of that stuff is not as, I haven't seen it as well cataloged as you have it, like for the benefit of each product and what, it, what it's useful for. So I would absolutely. love to have access to that. Why don't we set up um, like a 20 minute meeting, uh, the three of us, and I, okay. I have it all in packaged already, and then we can talk and kind of go over. Does that sound cool? So, yep. All Sounds right. great. All right. Yep. Love you, Ben. I mean, you guys are amazing. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great one, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So now, and I think my husband was uh, on, uh, had his hand up. He was calling, but if he wants to call back again, uh, he can do that. <laughs> Hit, hit, if you need to. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. So he says, I was in hold and thank you for addressing my question about acceptance and, and holistic, of holistic methods ah. for treatments. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. and, and it's, you know, like I, I, um, I've never met Tatenda, but I, I just energetically knew that where he was leaning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think both of them have been with Mayo Clinic too or still with Mayo Clinic, I'm not sure, but they're, they're really bright minds and good souls. And so, um, but we're going to go through and uh, continue talking about the healing of the inner child. Um, Let me see if we have any other callers. Oh, actually we should go to commercial real quick. Yeah. Have another break. Yay. Give me a minute. Here we go. Um, Brian. Oh, <clears throat> Raji, this commercial yeah. is for you. <laughs> Welcome to Quick Click, where customers can buy, share, and earn. Meet Sam. Sam owns an e-commerce business that sells athletic shoes and running gear. Sam wants to increase her sales without increasing marketing spend, so she decides to list her products on Quick Click. On QuickLick, her loyal customers can get paid for sharing her products with their friends. Sam uploads her products to the marketplace, just like she would on Amazon or Shopify. Meet Laura. Laura is in the market for a new pair of shoes and comes across Sam's brand on the QuickLick marketplace. Laura is able to purchase the shoes and check out like she would on any other e-commerce site. After purchasing, Laura receives a unique quick link that she can share with friends to begin earning quick cash. Her friend Jessica opens Laura's quick link on her phone and purchases the pair of shoes. 
Because Jessica purchases using Laura's Quick Link, Laura receives Quick Cash in her account. After purchasing, Jessica can now share her own QuickLink and begin earning Quick Cash as well. But QuickClick is more than just your typical referral or affiliate platform. QuickClick rewards customers for sales they directly and indirectly influence. So, for every sale Jessica's new QuickLink makes, Laura will earn additional Quick Cash as well, making the potential for earning exponential. Laura and Jessica can transfer their Quick Cash balance to their bank account at any time, or can even use Quick Cash to make additional purchases in the app. Meanwhile, Sam can just watch as the sales roll in. Best of all, she doesn't have to worry about costs, since she is only spending marketing dollars when actual purchases are made. Start buying, sharing, and earning today at QuickClick.com. With a simple blood test and food plan, Susan Essentials will help your business, your family, and you eliminate toxins and create a step-by-step -step plan to nourish your mind, body, and spirit. Click here to learn more. All right, we're back. Nice. I haven't seen that one. That's a that's a really good good commercial. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm I'm on it. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. We're talking about healing your inner child, but it kind of occurs to me that, um, if you didn't have any financial stress, cause you were so financially abundant through quick click, you'd be, you know, I don't know, have less stress. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Look, um, you know, it's that, that, that hierarchy of needs, right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, once you have your finances and basic needs taken care of, you could focus on other things and and uh, things that actually build, you know, work on your soul and your emotional life, things like that, right? Yeah. I got a question, uh, and maybe both of you all have an answer or an opinion about it. There's always the assumption that people who didn't have financial stress as a childhood condition don't have any problems. And yet you see so many wealthy people with a lot of issues, a lot of uh, suicides and, you know, some of them, uh, you know, marriages, you know, multiple divorces, um, you know, a lot of emotional distress. And so obviously money doesn't solve everything, but it does get rid of the, the financial distress that we say, uh, or the um, hierarchy of needs is not a, it's not so much a survival stress, but there are other stressors. So, what are some of the things a person might go through in childhood that could be traumatic that doesn't have anything to do with money that they could still be suffering from when they get to adulthood? Well, the obvious thing is abuse, neglect. Um, not being validated, you know, kind of being forced to do things that that really don't align with who they are, right? And I think, um, you know, we have a problem in our society is we force our kids to kind of fit into a mold and we don't really tailor um, their learning, as an example, to 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 fit their their qualities that they have, right? Kind of foster the natural qualities that that the kids have and, and it kind of creates a, a rift, so to speak. 
Well, so, mm. <clears throat> yes. And <laughs> earlier in the show, at the beginning, we were talking about how they don't talk, they don't teach about stress in school. They don't mm. teach about managing your money. They teach two plus two, right? Equals four, but they're not teaching you how to manage your money. How do you balance a checking account? How do you, you know, like, just basics. How does a checking account work? What about the Federal Reserve? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. Their, what's their purpose, right? right. <clears throat> and why does it take a couple of days for the check to clear? Well, how does it, what system does it go through? And mm-hmm. we don't even talk about, in talking about systems, we don't even talk about our, our own central nervous system, right? <laughs> I mean, let's talk about yeah. those systems. Yeah. Yeah, the, the things that, that get planted in your mind at the age of four and at the age of 40, they're still there. And, you know, all of the things that you experience, you hear and, and see. But, you know, I think, as you mentioned, if no one ever talks about other things that happen, especially a child could be growing up in say a very affluent environment, but there's a certain social pressure, either like you say, to, to be something that you don't want to be or to or that be you quiet can't be. being abused. Naima, what about what you can't be? So I grew up in Barrington yeah. Hills, right? Very affluent neighborhood. We had zero money, okay? Because mm. <laughs> we were leveraged to the hilt. I'm the mm. only Jew with all the Catholics. Okay, so I can't fit in if I tried. Now, unlike you, I don't have black skin, right? And I'm not dark skinned. So they don't know that I'm Jewish. But as soon as I opened my mouth, and you know, because it was always like the oive or the, you know, whatever, uh, yeah. they know. So I only got I only got a few seconds before somebody else who had color, right? <laughs> so with color, people can see that immediately. And then when I opened mm. my mouth, then they discriminated. <laughs> oh, mm. so. so that's the thing, because, you know, you can always, as a child, be put in an environment where other children have been taught that because you're different, you should be treated badly. And I think a lot of people go through that with whatever the different thing is, if everybody's all the same and you're the one that's something else, children learn this from adults. Cause oh, I, yes, I, they I, do. You know, I, uh, a friend of mine, he, Salim uh, Wakil, who's a, a radio announcer on, on one of the stations, WBON, he also has a, a, a course that he teaches, an urban studies course where, where students come, college students come from all around the country and they're learning um, they're learning a course in mass media and diversity. Mm. And one of the things that he does, he brings in different presenters to, to address the class. And every now and then he'll, he'll bring me in to, to speak to the class. Um, and I always ask them at what age did they become aware of, of like racism or classism? You know, when was it made known to them? And it's always some some incident in childhood. Maybe they had a child that was a friend that was different, you know, different race, different part of the town or whatever. And it'd always be some adult that would say, why are you playing with that child? You know, some some awful thing that would happen that they were let to be known uh, by an adult that you're supposed to treat these people badly. Why are you be 
because it didn't occur to them as a child. So it's interesting that we, it's like we're okay, we feel okay about ourselves until an adult enforces some kind of rule of from discrimination. From their programming. Or, yeah. <clears throat> from yeah. Their, so, <clears throat> you know like that it. happened to me, Naima, right? Did I tell you that? Oh, really? No. Yeah, so I moved into Barrington Hills. I was 11 years old. These two girls come down, walking down the street. And it's not like a little cul-de-sac because Barrington Hills, everything's far out. But So they come down. We're, I'm, I'm by the uh, ponds because we had two ponds in front of the house. And the two girls talking to me. And then the next day uh, was Sherry and Ruthie. And uh, the next time, Sherry comes down and her and, um, and I was told her mom said she wasn't allowed to play with me and wanted to know where my horns were. Ooh, how awful. So, so I, you know, but here's what's the, here's, I want to tell you the silver lining. Sherry told her mother where to put it. <laughs> At 11. At 11. Well, yeah, At 11. 11's old enough to decide what you want to believe. That, well, that, you, you, you know, you know yeah. my, I applaud Sherry for having the friends of mine to decide to define herself. But yeah, that's that's what happens. It's always an adult who wants to inflict their prejudice and their discrimination onto the mind of a child to carry on that belief system. And it's so emotionally scarring when you have that experience as a child, because. You know, when you're young, you don't know anything other than what people are telling you, especially like you're three, four, five, six years old, and suddenly you're told that there's something wrong with you. And, you know, it was like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We're not going to include you in any of our reindeer games. You know, I mean, it's like that. You know, you have a red nose. So, I mean, it's just whatever the thing is that you get told is something wrong with you, either, you know, you're not dressed right or uh your hair doesn't look right or you know you look like you have no money your boots i like i like the ones that you can't change i like the ones that you can't change your hair color your skin color your size things you can't change i want i want to talk about those things because that's just ridiculous So, but and, what's interesting, go ahead. Yeah. So, I've noticed, yeah. Uh, yeah. speaking of things like you, you can't change, you think you can't change. I've noticed certain people, I'm not going to say any names, but I've noticed certain people when they got to a stage of great affluence that they would change their nose. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've seen the plastic surgery. And my thought is always, why did you believe that there was something wrong with the nose you had? Yeah. If you feel that that your nose was not appropriate or acceptable, or and, any you know, other body part, or any other body part, but you know your nose is kind of like a it's, it's almost like your 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 genetic identity. But when you change that, you know that that says a lot. And I, I know some prominent people that suddenly you look at their old pictures and you look at their current picture. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the same. Like nose. Goldie Hawn, I think was with the lips, right? She did. She oh, did she change her lips? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nose, oh. lips, yeah, those kind of things. Hey, Naima, did you know that Barack Obama had a nose job? Did he really? He did. I didn't know that. Do, do we have before and after pictures that I can find? Maybe yeah, I'll he find could, yeah. He could definitely tell there's a change in the nose. Wow. See, I'm gonna go back and look because I've got his book. As a matter of fact, my mother and I were reading his his first book, 
dreams from my father, and he's got a couple of pictures from his high school days. Ah! Wow. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so I, I, I Googled Barack Obama before and after pictures, uh, nose job. Wow. And, you know, here's the thing. He was perfect the way he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, there, it wasn't like he had a like a bad looking nose, but you know, I don't, I don't know. But there's something about about his thought about who he was that that um, prompted him to to get that nose job. Okay, I'm gonna show y'all. Uh, hold on, I got. Let me see if I can. There we go. Okay. And so, what I think it's important for people to know is that yeah you are perfect as you are god made you that way on purpose not on mistake you don't need to change anything right you don't need to change anything so this is no seem a little thinner is that what the it thinner appears? one is on the right let me see if i can make yeah. it larger and it doesn't flare as much but yeah it's a little thinner up up top here whoops there we go so i mean yeah and the so thing, it, yes. it, wasn't, it wasn't a thing that happened as a result of age. It actually looks like there is a, a, a thinning of the nose. That's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, because typically the nose gets bigger, not thinner. Well, okay, so I'm <laughs> going to uh, forgive me. Same like with the ears, you know, they continue to grow. You know, it's like, <laughs> forgive me, forgive me, forgive I mean, me for what so, I'm going to say. Yeah, my, my dad... <laughs> His nose got bigger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it got really it got bigger. That 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 is interesting. That, was your dad Pinocchio? No, <laughs> wonder. No, it, it does happen. I know, right. and you know it's gonna happen to me too. I'm just gonna. Mm. So, wow! I never would have noticed. Look at this nose. Your nose is awesome. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love okay. noses. Andrew's got the best nose. Um, yeah. It's almost. I mean, it was interesting. There was a picture of him and a picture of my mom. He actually has the same nose as my mom. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, I get extra amount of air, oxygen. <laughs> well, that's what a large nose is supposed to do. It's supposed to help with your breathing. So you know, it 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 generally connects you to genetically, you know, a climate where you needed to inhale, like maybe a, a hotter climate where you needed to have, uh, you could be able to inhale more oxygen because the air was thicker. So, yes. yeah, I, hmm. man, I'm still floored about Barack Obama. I'm sorry. I, that, that was when I had not noticed. It's all good. I mean, he's a handsome man either way. Um, so, so going back to inner child, you know, this is one thing. of the most popular shows now. We talk about the nose job, right? <laughs> so, if we go back to healing the inner child, you know, one of the things um, that I learned this weekend under um, uh, Dr. John D. Martini, um, you know, we talked about living by your highest values, um, but before you can get to living by your highest values, you have to know um who it is in your life that you put on a pedestal right and then who in your life do you look down upon so mm. infatuation or judgment 
-hmm. And neither one he's saying is okay. Can't put Mm. people on a pedestal and you can't judge, just be. That's the thing. How do you learn not to judge? Because and, and usually we learn to judge ourselves even the harshest, especially if you grew up in a family where you were always being judged, if you were always being criticized, if, if things were never good enough, you know, whatever faults you made, those were always highlighted. A lot of a lot of punishment-based parenting. I think in those in those environments, it's very difficult to not be judgmental because you've learned to judge yourself harshly. And, and, and even if, because I know a lot of people who grew up in a family where the parenting style was to constantly criticize you with the thought that it was going to give you the motivation to work to overcome the criticism. So you become this super achiever, you know, trying to minimize the, the, attacks on your um, insufficiency. So I know some great achievers in life, but they're so messed up emotionally because that's that was their that was their motivation. They were constantly, oh, you got five A's and one B. What's wrong with that class we got the B in? You didn't you didn't get straight A's. What's the matter with you? You know, that kind of parenting where the parents believed that being super critical was going to motivate the child to try harder and it might have but as a result you got this problem you you never feel like you're good enough because that's how you were treated like no matter how excellent you did it wasn't quite good enough to make you try harder and i think people have a hard time in relationships they grew up that way yeah no judgment's a big thing i think it's about how you do it i mean i think um, it's always about balance you do want to have structure you do want to have um you things to shoot for and advocate for and but at the same time you have to reinforce right so i think you have to kind of mix in um uh kind of nourishing support in with when you do quote unquote discipline and how you discipline so you know i've always um i you know i'm a believer in and attack the um the issue and not the person and oftentimes we attack the person Right. Mm. So address the issue, not the person like in that they're deficient in doing something because of whatever. Address the behavior or the issue if if that. And so it's like an impersonal thing versus like, hey, I'm not good enough versus, hey, let's talk about this action versus what the hell's wrong with you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a different style. But I think, um, you know, if we if we. Um, you know, picked up those skills and used them as we uh, dealt with people, I think would be more effective. And first of all, and um, overcoming some of those issues because we're not attacking the ego. Right. Yeah. And, and we want to give people space to be and to grow. Um, and sometimes that's a hard thing to do. I have to change my mindset. Um, so Raj, what you don't know, um, I already have permission to speak freely, um, from, from, from the peanut gallery, <laughs> so, um, you know, um, my, my husband would get stuck on a word, right. In a sentence. And I would, you know, and then we, I'm like, why are we arguing over the word versus the big picture concept that we're trying to do? 
And then <laughs> I was talking to Naima and yeah. I said, Naima, I said, but I'm getting stuck on the fact that he's getting stuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like, I am so that better. Cycle, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, so like, we, you know, it's, it's been a process of peeling that onion, like, and I don't want to swear on yeah. air, so I'll just use the acronym of WTF. <laughs> I mean, really, like I'm mad at him for getting stuck on a word, but then I get stuck on him getting stuck and he's already passed it. But I'm like, but you did it. And he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> but you did. But that's what happens. That's what happens in marriages. Because that thing that didn't get fixed in childhood keeps recurring in the marriage. And so you got to figure out what it, what is it, whether it's the need to control someone or the need to uh, have someone agree with you or uh, the need to have someone approve of you, whatever the thing is that got developed in your childhood, it keeps resurfacing in the marriage. Because that person that we chose is the one that is reflecting the thing in our childhood that's still unhealed. Well, and, and I and was taught you had to win. That's right. it. Right. And it's not about way. winning. It's about finding collaboration. And it's, a, and it's not win or lose. And it's not right or wrong. It's just right. the lesson. Like, what is that? What are we learning? What are we taking away from this? What can we do better? How can we support the other person in processing when that happens? What what things do you want me to say to you to support you when we do that? Or what do you want me to say before we go into that type of conversation so you can be mentally prepared? Because mental preparedness is huge. Right. I mean, and and I'm the same way. I mean, I was married for 20 years before my husband transitioned. Mm-hmm. And it took me the first 10 years <laughs> to get out of that mindset of, I have to win. I was oh, don't very tell happy. me it's going to take that long. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years. So, because, and I, yeah, I, can, I could look at all the things, you know, maybe being the youngest child in the family, always feeling like, you know, I had to overcome this domination of older sisters or, or feeling attacked, whatever those things were. Mm-hmm. And my husband, I mean, he was he was 20 years older than I was. So, you know, one of the things I felt like, well, if I marry somebody older, I'm not going to have this power struggle that I always was having with relationships with people that were my same age. It's always going to be like, who's going to dominate? So I figure, okay, well, he's older. He's more settled. Um, he doesn't have this ego need to prove anything. But I still had the ego need. So I was still challenging all the time. And it took me the first 10 years to finally get it. It's not Thank about you. winning. So, so Naima, I have a question for you. So in in that 20 year relationship at that 10 year mark, what prompted that shift? Was it, what kind of got you to pivot? Was it pain within your own life that, that got you to, to come to that realization or was it something else? trying to think what happened at that time that gave me that aha moment. Mm. Um, I can't remember if it was one thing or a series of things. Cause you know, you can go through a period of spiritual growth where there's an internal realization mm. that you're the one 
that is creating the disharmony. Yep. And it's not that the other person needs to change. You need to change your response. You need to change the idea that they should do what you think they should do. You need to accept them for who they are. Oh, and, so and you had the best analogy yesterday. Mm. Yes, yes. And, and that realization, in order for you to have harmony in your relationship, you have to reach that realization that it's not your job to change someone. They are, they are perfect as they are because that's who they are. Yeah. So the idea that this person must be what I think they should be, that's an incorrect idea. And as long as we're holding that idea, we're going to be in conflict with that person because we're going to keep thinking we must change them. Right. We don't even realize the arrogance of that. Like, why, why do I think I need to define who you are? You are who you are. You have a right to define yourself. Well, you can't, you, you can't, you can't do it anyways. Right. You can't change anybody. <laughs> you know? So, so the, there's only one way, there's only one way to really influence positive change in a person, and that's by changing yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they respond to you. Yes. And uh, it may take some time, but it's that shift in the response that gets a shift in them. Right. The right. But it has to come from within them. It might take some time for them to come to that realization that there's a shift mm-hmm. and then they, they just act accordingly. Right. Right. So the difficult thing that people have in saying married is that usually both parties will be believing they must change the other person by force and that never works and after a while you just hold on so i want to just kind of because i want to tie and tie something here they think they can change somebody by force right and an hour ago we were talking to, um, you know, to Tenda and to Dustin. And mm-hmm. Tenda said how, and we were talking about corporate America and how corporate America is also doing things by force, even today still, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and the government's doing things by force. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're taught that, but we also know that it never works. Never works. And so we're learning this in the, in, you know, in all these different circles, force, 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 but energy works this way. You force something, it's going to, you know, force back. Right. So, um, as most people know, I offer, um, EMF neutralizers for the home, um, mm-hmm. Altera. And a lot of people present EMF products as blockers. Mm. You don't want an EMF blocker. If you're blocking something, it's coming on harder. Mm. You want to neutralize. And so if I can take, you know, just I'm doing my personal self-coaching here, (laughs) but take the concept of neutralizing electromagnetic frequencies so they don't Mm. come on stronger. And apply that to my personal life. There you go. There it is. How do you neutralize it, right? Yeah. Lock it. Well, like Roger's saying, you're coming back at you. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. So Go we ahead, have to Emma. figure out, like, if, if we're in a situation where with someone where there is conflict, and they have a point of view that we disagree with, and we're thinking, well, I'm going to come back with my stronger point of view. Well, maybe that isn't the way to handle it. Maybe their stronger point of view, it might be, okay, I, I understand how you feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe we just listen. Which yeah, we so let's, okay, well, let's think about that. Well, what do you suggest we do? You know, and as opposed to, no, we're not doing that, we're doing this. Because I said so, you know, and then trying to see who's going to win. Well, you know, there is no winning. It's like in a war, there's no winner. You know, I'm not, whether, you know, okay, we killed 10,000 of your people. Oh, we killed 12,000 of yours. We won. No one won because people died. So everybody lost. Just the same thing in a marriage. If there's conflict unresolved or someone feels angry, even after you got your weight, there's no winning. Winning is when there's peace and everybody feels comfortable with the outcome. Yeah. So that has to be the intention of whatever we do, not that we win or we prove we're right or we prove we're smarter, is that everybody is at peace and everybody's comfortable with the outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're never gonna find a total equilibrium. There's always gonna be, you know, that ebb and flow, right? Yeah. But, but really what, we're, what, we're, what we should be doing, uh, in my opinion, is looking at our own beliefs, right? Because there are beliefs that maybe did service at one point, right? They, yeah. they were beliefs that were appropriate for a four-year-old, but no longer appropriate for a 20-year-old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when we have yeah. uh, belief systems that we've adopted, because they're usually not even our own, right? But now they've become part of our subconscious programming, and we don't take the time to revisit those beliefs. Hey, does this still serve me? Yeah. Why am I still dealing with this or thinking this way? And, and acknowledging, hey, this is a belief system that did once serve me. So thank it. Thank you. And now I no longer need that belief system because I've, I've, well, I'm, in a, I'm, a, I'm a different person than what I was. Right. 20 years ago. I'm an, I'm a new person. I'm emerging every day. And, and, um, you know, we're redefining who we are as we go. And right. so it's really about being on that journey with your own self. Right. And it never ends. And it never ends. And so you, you have to be willing to revisit those belief systems. And sometimes it's a painful process because there's some deeply ingrained belief systems that are that we have a hard time letting go of um and it's scary to to look at them right because it it, it requires um a shift in who you are right it requires you kind of maybe even breaking down the ego self to to some degree to where you become vulnerable and there's the unknown, right? And we're, that's a fear that uh, we deal with. Um, and, but, but the thing is, you just have to be brave enough and courageous enough to look at it. Mm -hmm. To say, 
hey, um, you know, what am I, you know, what am I, um, what are my, some, what are my self-limiting beliefs that no longer serve me and, and why are they there and what could I do? How could I, um, enhance those? Well, and when you think about the fact that your body cells, uh, replace themselves every seven to 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. They're replacing themselves. They're releasing old cells and replacing with new cells. You can replace your old beliefs with your new beliefs. Right. I'm going to run to commercial. I'm actually going to try since it's working today. Uh, I'm going to run a, we'll leave this up and I'm going to run a blog talk radio commercial. Okay. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and then we'll come back because, you know, it's, it's, um, interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I'll just say this as I'm searching for the, uh, for the ad here. Uh, that, uh, wait, actually, before I do that, Naima, what's your commercial for tomorrow? What's your commercial oh. called? I can hit the button if you like. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Thank you, Dolly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, um, all right, we here we are. Naima's Wednesday show. So Naima's on. She's on her show tomorrow. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Sell Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. Okay, so we're back. <clears throat> and so I want to just, I, and I, I just kind of want to create this analogy 
that we replace our body replaces their cells every seven to ten years our our cells are constantly rejuvenating and so why shouldn't our belief systems be constantly rejuvenating i want to tell you that back in 2014 uh was when i figured out my proper diagnosis because those who know me know that i was misdiagnosed um put on all these different medications almost died and and what happened was a friend of mine by the name of claudia royston uh said she sent me a link about the ingredients that were in uh, prozac which is one of the 19 or whatever number of drugs that i was on and prozac has fluoride in it which calcifies your pineal gland and for me it also it also uh caused a small fiber neuropathy now I reversed all of that, the small fiber neuropathy. And for those of you who don't know what small fiber neuropathy is, that's all over body pain. So it's like wow. your nerve endings are all on fire. Wow. A lot of people who have diabetes uh, get neuropathy from lack of circulation and things like that. But the thing is, is that I, that was when I re replaced an old belief system with a new belief system, right? Like, okay, <clears throat> yeah, Prozac is aimed to help me calm, but there's a PubMed study that shows so can lavender essential oil. You can breathe it in or take it internally. Now, make sure you know how to source your oils. I just will always say that. Know the source of an oil, just like you need to know the source of anything else that you uh, consume and put and expose your body to. But, and that's where the shift in my thinking came because I'm on a couch, I can't move right i literally can't move um and i want to show you the size of the glass now this is uh actually this glass is twice the size this one had a smoothie in it so it doesn't look very appealing but i had a glass of water and i wrote about this um uh in an article for the corporate wellness association um in florida that it i took two hands to get the six ounce glass of water to my mouth Wow, that week. Yeah. It, it was, wow. I had no, I had no strength, tons wow. of pain, and they're telling me I have bipolar disorder. Oh. And I and I said, you know, I know that people who have bipolar disorder have pain. I get it, right? Because you know the brain controls everything. But you should mm -hmm. be able to get a glass of water to your mouth. Wow. Right. You should be able to take a bell pepper and cut it, which I couldn't do. And so what I'm saying this for is that going back to what Raj was saying, Raj, you said, well, we, uh, you know, we had a set of belief systems as a four-year-old, which I knew that I had. We had one at the age of 20 and I had one at the age of 40 and I have even a more a different one to now. Now I'm, 58, I'm almost 60 years old, right? Yep. So allow yourself, give yourself, if you're listening here, give yourself permission to shift your current belief systems. Give yourself permission to read or listen to another way of thinking. My girlfriend, Lori Lee Marty, in 2016, said to me she was voting for trump and i said okay and you know and i had my opinions about him 
And instead of fighting her, I said, you know what? We've been friends since we were 18. Tell me why. So listen to your friends. Listen to, listen to people. You don't have to agree, but you can just listen. Yeah. Right? And yeah, and some things you might agree with and some things you may not, right? Just take, take what serves you and leave the rest. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if we don't listen, how are we going to become experts at discernment, distinct from judgment? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, I have I have some friends and associates that are really going through some difficulties right now because they they grew up in a very strict religious community. And once they got to adulthood, they decided that they didn't share a lot of those belief systems and customs. And the struggle that they're having is that in this community, you know, if you decide to be different, you could, your family might disown, might disown you, uh, your friends might turn their back on you, and, and, and uh, you could lose all of your support systems because you're choosing a different belief system than how you were raised. And I think that is a challenge when perhaps if you've been raised in a community that's it's very close-knit, whether it's a, a, a religious group or whatever the case may be, and everybody believes the same thing, and it's frowned upon to think something else, if you grow to a point where you realize this no longer reflects who you are, mm -hmm. you have to have the courage to let go of those people who don't accept your growth. So in your all's opinion, how do you do that? If you are tied to a community of people that have a very strong belief system and in your growth process, you go in another direction and you're no longer in harmony with that group that might have been your whole life, your family, your friends, everybody in your school, all of that. How do you let go? How do you grow anyway, even knowing that people might reject you if you do? Yeah. So well, go ahead and answer that, Raji, because I, I have thoughts, but I'm sure you have, you know, a lot of that. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I've had to do this myself in my in my own personal life. And, and um, you know, I would say hold space for those people, right? Honor them, but then release. Um, any expectations that you might have, right? Especially undue expectations of any kind of shift or whatever. And I and I feel like, you know, when you have that conviction about who you want to become, you know, how you want to revise your belief system and you just honor yourself, um, some of those people will come around, but uh, maybe not in the way that you're thinking they're going to come around, but it's just about, you we're all on this journey together right or really actually by ourselves quite frankly we're 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 in it together but we're on our on our own and we have to be just true to ourselves and we have to be like you said naima just courageous to say i have to do me i have to do me and that's what you need to do 
do you and the ones that should come around will come around and you just be okay with what happens like you you can't you know you just got to be well so i i have a belief system i again that i'm alone in this life in that i come in alone and i go out alone mm. <laughs> and so i'm responsible for me and that's it Mm-hmm. And so I just need to work on me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I've actually written um, some poetry about that, and that we are we come in alone, we leave alone, and um, along the way, uh, we we create our family, right? Um, some are blood family, some are not blood family, um, but at the end of the day, it's on us, right, to to, to do that work. Um, I want to say that for those people who are listening and you're scared to do what you feel that's in your heart, right? Because it doesn't align with these people who you have surrounding yourself with. It's okay. You can do you anyway. Because what (laughs) happens is if you haven't done this before, the universe balances everything out and it really became apparent um i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you the end and then i'm going to tell you the process the universe balances things out such that um if you lose one person the universe replaces that person who can provide those same things when i study oh yeah it's actually when you look at the demartini method um, most people won't know this about me. I've pretty much cried myself to sleep mm. since December 28, 2010, since my mm. mom died. And I'm okay now, finally, because mm. I was missing my mom. Yeah, that's always a big, big event. It is, but I want to give this away. gift to people. So Dr. John Martini, I'm sitting in my bed, which is behind me, (laughs) and I'm in this class with like 60 other people, and he takes me through the method, and Mm. I'm I'm bawling. I'm like, he's like, do the work, do the work, you know, he's yelling at me. I'm like, and tears coming down, right? Um, And he'd ask me a question and I go into a story. He's like, you're not answering the question. Answer the question. I'm thinking this is where I freaking got that, in, you know, that uh, mindset. From. And uh, cause this is not my first time training under him. And so he goes, well, what was, cause my mom, he goes, what do you, what do you miss most about your mom? And I said, talking with her. And yeah. he said, well, what was, what was um, the drawback? to spending all those hours talking with her. I said, no, he's like, not the answer. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's the answer. No, it's not the answer. <laughs> what is the answer? You know, so crying. <laughs> and so he said, well, what was the drawback? And I said, okay, phone bill, large phone bill, right? He goes, okay, that's one, good job. And he goes, okay, what's the next drawback? Here's the thing. He started showing me all the drawbacks to spending my all my time on the phone with my mom. 
Uh And that was part one. And then we looked at when she died, right? Who are the people that fulfilled those things? Like cooking with her, talking with her, um, shopping with her. Who are all those people that filled those slots until it balanced out? Mm. He's, he, he's, I'm just going to tell you something. If you have the money and it's about, I think eight or $900 and it used to be $1,800. The first time I took the course, it was 1800, but because it's digital and we're doing it online now, um, he's able to reduce the cost and he's not printing the books. You get the book digitally. So that's huge. And, um, take the course and I can promise you it's not easy. You'll be crying. You'll be laughing. You'll have every flipping emotion. You may get a stomach ache. You may vomit. I mean, mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, get it all. But, if but you-, you know, the thing is, and I think that's why so many people are stressed during these times. They're fearing the death of a loved one. They're fearing someone going to be gone from their lives. And they're so afraid of that person that they depend on not being there and they don't think they can handle it. And that's where all this extreme reaction is well, coming. Or they fear from. the death of themselves. Or and, themselves. And yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're if you're wondering what's gonna happen if you leave here, like if you're worried about leaving your children behind, leaving a spouse behind, leaving friends behind, leaving a business behind, whatever it is you're fearing leaving behind, that's also part of the stress you know and i think but god's got your back and we have to come to terms with the fact that this is a temporary job assignment you're you're not you're not here forever you know this is it's just like if and i think i used this analogy the other day um if if you are if the post office says okay we're gonna need some extra workers during the christmas season and so we're gonna need you to come uh and work december 1st to december 30th and december 30th that's the last day because that's between the last you know of the overflow of mail is going to be so you you come to work you know december 1st and you're working hard and you're doing a great job and meeting people everybody likes you and everything but then december 30th they say well thank you very much this is the end this is the end uh oh, we the appreciate contract. it yeah and yeah you can't go home and go oh that's because that was the end of the contract anyway you, it wasn't about well if i if i had worked harder i would have stayed you had an end date when you began so it's the same thing with dying you know this is a temporary job assignment you had an end date when you came here and it didn't do anything wrong when you whether you leave by covid whether you leave by a car crash whether you leave by a heart attack you were scheduled to leave at a certain time and it's not a bad thing it's the end of your contract the reason why we're not allowed to know because we'd be so focused on that end date we wouldn't get anything else done but we can't worry about it. Just live your life and prepare your family for when you transition so that they're not overwhelmed. You know, I mean, this might sound morbid, but I already have my obituary already printed out. Nobody's got to do anything to just show up. I have everything already organized. That's not morbid, actually. I would, I am, um, I wrote mine uh, years ago, but I, I don't know where it's at. And, um, but I, I do know <laughs> that I will rewrite it. Um, it's a smart thing to do. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I put your, your quote in there. Life is a temporary job assignment, right? 
That's all and, it is. And here's the thing. You want to know that if you run a business, someone will take over. If yes. you've got children, somebody's going to mother or father your children. But plan for it so that you're not under anxiety about it. If you're worried about what's going to happen, well, then make sure you have the life insurance policies in place for your children. Make sure you you train your, your children or your associates to continue on with the business. Whatever it is that you are worried about is going to fall apart when you leave. Plan for it. Have it in place so that when you leave, you can leave in peace. And if someone else leaves, like you were saying, think about, okay, well, they did this for me. Well, they were the person that I always went to. I mean, I have a friend. And I thought about this maybe a couple of years ago. I was going through distress. And I thought about my friend, Kima, who was, you know, the person I talked to about my personal life. And I realized I don't have that person anymore. So I really, and I started grieving. And she'd been gone, I think it's been maybe 10 years now. But I suddenly started grieving her absence because I didn't have a person that fill that particular role in my life. I thought, well, who I'm going to need another friend that I can tell my personal situation to that won't be judgmental because that's who she was for me. But, you know, anybody who leaves, like you say, eventually you can find somebody to fill that role. So we should never. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to insert a word, not eventually. So the universe actually does it immediately. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. It does it immediately. Yeah. There's an immediate feeling of, of the void. Mm-hmm. Even even your parents, even, you know, that that person that you feel like nobody can fill the spot, your mother. But the things that you had with your mother, you can still have them with other people. So it's not like the feeling that you got will be gone forever. Yeah, Naeem, I'd like to add to kind of what you mentioned and uh I'll be really brief, but don't be so afraid of death that you forget to live. Yes, absolutely. Mr. Love. That's right. Don't be so afraid to death that you're afraid to live because that's what people end up doing. You know, well, I don't want to do this. I might get sick. I don't want to die. I might die. How are you? How, what is your quality of life if you're not allowing yourself to enjoy your life? Absolutely. And, and, and like you said, it's a temporary thing. I mean, death has always been here. It is not a thing. Uh, it's a part of, part of life. So, yeah, it's it's a graduation. It's it's not an end. It's it's a step to another level, another experience. And when we know that, then we think of life differently. And a lot of people, you know, like you mentioned, changing belief systems. You, well, when you get to a point where you understand life and the continuation of life, mm-hmm. there's no more fear of death. And then you can really enjoy your life. Yeah, that's interesting. Look- yeah, because I don't have a fear of death at seconds. all. And I'll just, I want to just acknowledge Deborah. She says you're the lead actor in your life, right? So live, right. live on purpose. Live and on then purpose. Um, Raj, I, uh, I quoted you. Uh, yeah. Don't be little, so afraid of uh, death that you're afraid to live, right? Don't be so afraid of death that you're afraid to live, Rajai Keldani. You know, um, and and in the class uh, the weekend over the weekend when we were talking about death, I said, death is nothing I've ever feared. That's easy. The work yeah. is in life.'" <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, that is that is easy. This the hard part is being here and going through this and staying. <laughs> yes, but there's nothing to fear. So um, I just want to thank you both uh, for being here on the show to talk about healing your inner child, um, which is really about going back to your past, to your upbringing, to see where you became wounded. Um, we had earlier on the show, Dustin Dean at Tatenda. Um, and they were just amazing. And they're going to be coming back too. And they they can only do an hour. So we'll schedule you guys for the, for this part two, right? For when we get right. dates going. Uh, because this is, this can't be a one-time thing. People are healing right now. There's a lot of trauma. And because we are confined with our family, guess what? We're being forced to look at it, to heal it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So That's I guess I'm going to run these, the uh, ending real quick here. And actually, you know what? If you guys would honor me, I want two more minutes and you don't have to talk. But I really want to watch this. Um, it's the lobster video. I want people to see this. This is huge. And I've I've run it before. Um, so let me just uh, bring it in here. Share the screen. Okay, so let me see here. And then, oh, I guess I need to still go to that. Um, so it's a minute and 31 seconds. There's something I want to tell you about uh, the stress and how we have to look at stress. Okay. And I think it's an important thing because uh, many people have told me from my lectures, the one thing they remember. Okay. I was sitting in a dentist's office and looked at an article that said, how do lobsters grow? Well, I don't care how lobsters grow, but I was interested in it. And it points out that a lobster is a soft, mushy animal that lives inside of a rigid shell. That rigid shell does not expand. Well, how can the lobster grow? Well, as the lobster grows, that shell becomes very confining. And the kind of the lobster feels itself under pressure and uncomfortable. It goes under a rock formation to protect itself from predatory fish, casts off the shell and produces a new one. Well, eventually that shell becomes very uncomfortable as it grows, right? back under the rocks and the lobster repeats this numerous times the stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable right? now if lobsters had doctors they would never grow because as soon as the lobster feels uncomfortable goes to the doctor gets a valium gets a percocet feels fine never gets off its shell so i think that we have to realize that we have to realize that times of stress are also times that are signals for growth. And if we use adversity properly, we can grow through adversity. Okay. I wanted to wow. kind of end the show on that. Um, <laughs> I love that thought. Have you not seen this one before, Naima? I've never seen that one before. <laughs> oh, I played it at least, I think I, I played it probably three or four times on this show. Ah, it's well, so I'm glad I saw it. That that changes so much when you think about it's a good thing to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's supposed to grow. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an opportunity. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's an opportunity. 
Well, that, well, thank you, Jody, for sharing that again. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm going to run our uh, thank you ending. Here we go. Um, um, and as long as, I mean, I, I got the thank you ending right. It's kind of low, but I'm just going to plug a few things, if you don't mind. <laughs> we're all here. So <clears throat> we were talking, we had the um, commercial for Quick earlier it's a new e-commerce platform uh, it potentially will be displacing amazon why when you buy what you buy and you share with your best friend hey i bought these cool gym shoes and um i like them and you should buy them too or they look at your feet and they say oh i love your gym shoes where'd you get those oh i got them here and you send the link usually you send a link from amazon and you don't get paid quick is going to pay you they're going to pay you for the rest of your life as long as you share that link and so if you want to learn how to get paid for buying what you love and then sharing what you love and you don't have to put in any membership fee or anything crazy like that you just want to like you know basically if you're recommending a product you're getting paid that's important to you reach out to rajai keldani he's got his revenue share dot shop uh i don't know if that's or or, or, or me you know um and we can connect you to the new age of social selling I like that. Social selling. Yes. Well, we've been social selling a lot. Yeah. But we just don't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way the economy is evolving because we're starting to think as a collective now. So we're thinking of, of everybody benefiting because we're all connected. So that's that's how we as a human family are evolving. That's why all of our forms of, of everything are reflecting higher consciousness absolutely Coll collaboration right yeah uh, partnership with the brands that we buy from you know we're already we've been doing these things anyway we've been buying stuff online and we've been recommending products and services to people left yeah. and right yeah now, now you can partner with those brands and revenue share with them right so if you're a company listening to this and you want on this platform give me a call 847-738-0242. If you want to